Hello and welcome to Village Church Sermon Q&A. Pastor Craig here with Pastor Michael and Pastor Alex. We did a message yesterday on what it means to be a good neighbor. So we're going to discuss a little bit about what that means in practical terms today. So the first question goes to Pastor Michael. And here's your question, Pastor Michael. Why is there an Old Testament law about boiling a goat in its mother's milk? Have you ever had the impulse to boil a goat <laughs> or to boil any animal in its mother's milk? Occasionally, I think about it. It yeah. was a regular temptation. Yeah, right. It, one of my favorite things about laws, and when you really start reading through Old Testament laws, they're, they're actually hilarious when you think about them through the lens that every law, there was somebody tempted to do that thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's like enough people, I mean, hear this, this command shows up three times in Torah, Ooh, in the law, three separate mm-hmm. times. And I'm thinking to myself, like in what world is somebody <laughs> tempted to do this? So apparently they live in a very different culture, a very different time. And Maybe we'll just, they know something we don't. Right. Let's just read the verse here. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Okay. Now questions like come from this, which is what is the goat alive? Mm-hmm. Um, is the mother watching mm-hmm. the goat? You know? So we had a, uh, it was interesting yesterday. No, two days ago, whatever day this is. We were cleaning out my shed <clears throat> and uh, you know, those flower pots, they're plastic and there's like little, you put little flowers in them and there's like 16 of them. They're all in rows. Well, yep. there was one on a shelf and I cleaning all this out and I pick up, um, there's something on top of it. I pick it up and this little mother mouse goes, Ooh. looks around, it goes down and I, I scream and my <laughs> wife who is petrified of mice, she screams back. <laughs> What was it? Is it alive? Is it big? <laughs> like, like she's barraging with questions and I'm just thinking like, okay, so I'm thinking, all right, so I, I'm trying to figure out how to get this thing in. So as I empty out the, the, the mouse, okay, there are seven babies attached oh, to it, word. right? This got real. Then I screamed again <laughs> and all my kids now are watching and they're like, oh. what is it? And I'm like, you can't. You can't see this. No. And then they are insistent, like absolutely a hundred percent insistent. We have to see this. So I show it to them and my daughters are like, we have to keep all of them. And so now I got these little girls with their mom instinct Mm. kicking in. I got this little mama mouse and who is obviously built an entire home for like all of her mice. And we live by wood. So we go out, we dig a hole. We're trying to like recreate like a home for them. And, and uh, as we kind of, we gently put the mice in, into this whatever, and they're all still attached. It was like mm. a really traumatic whatever. But then I was, I, it was so interesting because when the mother mouse was in the bucket, um, she was gathering all of, all of her little mice babies mm. around her and just watching even just this animal's maternal instincts to protect her babies at all costs was really striking. And then when we put them in there, um, she, she started to run off and then uh, half of them were attached to her and a couple of them fell off. Mm. And she is now having this tension. The reason I say this is because the maternal instinct uh, is powerful all throughout creation. Mm. And all of my kids had this dilemma, like, what do we do with, what do we do with this? Like it fe- everything about what we're doing is unnatural. Like it was a violation of everybody. And I even felt guilty. I'm like, do I just like let these mice live? I mean, they're gonna destroy my shed. They're gonna get into my house and then they're gonna get trapped anyways. You know, like all these quandaries. And so it's interesting. There is a, I know you're like, <laughs> I have no issues. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing is about being a good neighbor, and you're just saying you just let a whole colony of mice <laughs> into free the woods in your neighborhood. Into the woods, not 
Got it. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> so, this is my point in saying that is, is that like, to hear. Uh, it, okay. So my point in saying that is like, there is something very unnatural, mm. right? Very broken about taking anything living, right? And taking its baby and then boiling. But this, so it's interesting when you look at this on the surface, if you just take a moment and think about it, it is dark, unnatural, mm. and it's actually just a terrible thing to do that to an animal. Mm. And God has actually a lot of like, like protection over animals. Now take this another level. Uh, apparently uh, Canaanite religions mm. were known for doing this. Mm. So like, why that, why would they do this? So here's what we do know about a lot of them. Um, part of their ritual sacrifice was to take their firstborn, put it onto a big right. bronze statue. I think it was of a calf lit on fire and incinerate their baby live in front mm. of everybody as an offering to the gods. And it's like, okay, well, what do you do if you don't have a baby? Oh, I know. I'll take a goat, a baby goat, boil it in its mother's milk, and maybe that'll do it. You know, like the kind of demented perversion that it actually takes. So it already violates like this, this human instinct to have compassion on animals. Mm. Um, and then it takes another level. And, and really, this is about um, God saying, listen, your temptation to basically dabble in the religions of the place you're going is so strong that even something as ridiculous and dark and backwards as taking a baby mm. goat taking the time to get all the milk taking. The, I mean, this is a, this is a long process mm -hmm. that God's like, listen, it's all dark and this is what darkness does. And don't dabble with that because those religions will destroy you. Um, follow me and you'll have life. And so, yeah, it was, it was just a dark practice. So here's a question for you guys. Um, what are practices that are explicitly religious that Christians are tempted to dabble in that are from either a different religious system or different religion? Mm. Yeah. in general what would you say well i mean i could tell a story uh i when i was in college i lived in a, a suite with other guys you know we all had our different rooms and uh i was the only uh christian or the only you know uh, evangelical christian like let's just call it that mm -hmm. um in this group and uh the group of guys wanted to in the middle of our suite you know get a ouija board out and mm -hmm. uh you know start using it and whatever that looks like. And, you know, oh, oh this is fun. This is funny. Like, it's not a big deal, right? But I understood that this has connections to the occult. And I was, mm. like, very uncomfortable with it. And I essentially said, like, I I can't let you guys do that in here, right? And there was a temptation for me to just, like, kind of go along with the flow. Mm. Like, this is what the group wants to do. Okay, yeah, I guess that's fine. But, um, but yeah, I just was mm. not comfortable with that happening in in our dorm room. Yeah, this actually might be, you asked a question at the beginning when we first got in here, and, and uh, it actually might be more common than we think. I mean, if you think about uh, anything that we dabble into the spirit world in order to tap into a, a strength or a yeah. power, which is exactly what this is all about, totally, right? Yeah. Tap into a power that we think we need or we don't have now. Anything that takes our reliance on something else and yeah. off of God's got our future, don't worry about it, mm -hmm. um, would go into this category, like what, horoscopes or speaking with the dead. I mean, that's yeah. one, yep. I don't know if you remember, but there used to be shows on TV where these guys could speak to the dead and people would come called? in and mm -hmm. and uh, they were extremely good at it. Uh, they were probably shysters, you know, that, that were right. able to, you know, look at somebody and get, or maybe they were actually, you know, <laughs> speaking, with, speaking yeah, yeah. With, with spiritual world. But we know that to be absent from the body is to be absent from this, I mean, you're gone. Yeah, right. And, um, so they're t if they're talking to somebody, it's not God. Yep. And mm -hmm. so anytime you dabble into these kinds of things, and I think that might be why it's in there three times, yeah. 
And I like what you said, especially it's like, this takes a lot of time to get that much yeah. milk to do the boiling. There's, there's a devotion yep. to get yep. into this in some level where you are spiritually um, bereft, yep. where you need to tap into something where you are not able to yep. trust God for Yeah, the amount of intentionality yeah. in that is crazy. crazy. Like, <clears throat> when Jesus, you know, the table turning event and he's like, has yeah. a whip or whatever. It's interesting because the text says that he, he, he didn't just show up with a whip. He went, saw it, left made a whip, yes. came back. Yeah. And it's like that level of intentionality. I think we forget like all of these things, how much work it takes. You yeah. know? I remember uh, I was like nine or 10 years old and Mike's house down the road is six houses down from me. And, and uh, he would regularly have Ouija boards and I would never do it. Cause mm. my mom was like mm. very clear, like don't touch that. Well, they had a seance one day and nobody knew what they were doing. It was more like, like get some candles, everybody sit in a circle and everybody just chant. Yeah, right? dabble. And I remember I sat there and I was like, I was like so uncomfortable and uh, I didn't do anything. And then I just had to get up and leave because my spirit was just so like, like mm-hmm. but my mo- my mother's voice was in my head. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good for like, don't ever, don't ever do that. Um, and so she had a list of things that like were in my brain. Like these mm-hmm. are, these are evil practices, but all these kids, they didn't know any better. Right. right. And, and I think that's a, spiritual. it's a, it's an effort of the evil one yep. to tap into the innocence of our children. Totally. And yeah. once that door gets open, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've, I've talked with several people who have challenges with faith, trusting God, or even challenges with demonic presence in yep. one way or another. Draw it and you can always it. draw it back to, you know, yep. playing with, you know, chanting in mirrors or, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, whatever it is that they get into, including Ouija boards, sure. right. yep. that that door just needs a little crack to open. The invitation is out there yep. and, and uh, it's hard to say what comes in the doors. Yep. Mm. This applies to neighbor laws because <clears throat> um, you're not supposed to take mice and, and release them. Out into the woods. Let's let's make that a law. Let's make that a law. That's right. That's that's a, I'm a glad law. you're not my neighbor. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Love you. Yeah. Well, it's been a privilege having you with us. We've enjoyed talking about this. Hopefully, it's been helpful to you. Join us next time as we tackle another question on our sermon Q and A.